If you're in the room today, if you found it lately hard to or difficult to focus on your walk with God, on the things of God, you're finding it hard to, to hear what he's saying. You're finding it hard to even just think through the day uh, and, and even keep plans, make plans. It's, it's almost as if no matter what you do, you just can't get your mind where it needs to be. It's a spirit of distraction. If you come to the altar, we're going to believe God to break it today. You come to the altar quickly, we're going to believe God to break it today. The spirit of distraction that is on you. You come and you just worship before him. It's a spirit of distraction. Yeah, that's right. Come on down. There's plenty of room. Come down. Come down. Plenty of room. Father, I thank you today. Come on, if y'all out there, you just pray. Father, we thank you. We give you praise, honor, and glory that your word is more powerful than anything that could ever exist in our life. We thank you, Lord God, that your spirit is stronger than anything that may come to sabotage us, sabotage our destinies, trick us, deceive us. I'm asking, Lord, that in this season of our lives, God, those of us that are here today, that cannot focus or finding it hard to focus or stay focused on a thing, to stay focused on what you've already said, to stay focused on what you've already done, trying to waste time, trying to figure out what you've already worked out. Lord, I'm asking right now under this open heaven that the spirit of distraction will be broken off of the minds of these, your people that are standing here today. I decree and declare no weapon formed against their mind, their thought process, their belief system, no weapon formed against their ear gates, their eye gates, their mouth gates, Whatever's coming in and going out that does not glorify you, Father, I decree and declare, Lord God, that an open heaven is released on them even now. I decree and declare that even the sensory parts of their mind, their thought processes are coming into alignment. I decree and declare, Lord God, that even as you're even as you're breathing on them now, God, there's a new thought. There's a new thought process. There's a new thought process, a reintegration of the belief system. There's a recharge of the belief system. Lord God, there is a reposturing of the faith. Lord, that those that are standing here today would never be the same. I decree and declare that anxiety is broken. I decree and declare that depression is gone. I decree and declare, Lord God, that even any thoughts of spiritual suicide is, 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 is gone in Jesus' name. I decree and declare that the Spirit of the Lord brings liberty to the life of your people. I decree and declare that as they are believers, they're holding fast to what you said. They're grabbing your word. They're grabbing your presence. I decree and declare that they're no longer running from problems, running from situations. But God, they are pursuing you. And as they chase you, God, things are walking out their life. As they pursue you, things are exiting out of their destiny. I decree and declare, Lord God, divine happenings over their life. I decree and declare supernatural suddenlies over their life. I decree and declare that the ear gates are open to hear your word. I decree and declare that the mouth gates are open to taste and see that the Lord is good. I decree and declare, Lord God, that the ear gates, the eye gates, that which they see, they will see your word. They will see you in the beauty of your splendor. They will see you in your majesty. They will see you in your glory. They will see you in your splendor. They will see you high and lifted up in a train of your robe fills the temple. They will see you. I decree, Lord God, supernatural blessings that will overtake them. I decree and declare supernatural, oh my God, happenings that will overshadow them, that will create divine pregnancies in the spirit realm, that they will birth forth, Lord God. That's how I say things that they thought impossible. I decree and declare that the enemy no longer has power in their life, but God, they are finding through your revelation a new level of authority, and they are taking this authority. They are capturing this authority. I decree and declare that they are no longer the same. I decree and declare that they are not tricked. I decree and declare that they are not deceived, but they're walking in the knowledge of God. They're walking in the wisdom of God. They're walking in the upright prophetic utterance of God. North wind blow. East wind blow. We call for the winds of all the earth. Lord God, the wind of the spirit realm to blow in their life. I decree and declare an uproot of everything that does not belong. And I decree and declare a settling of that which belongs. And we believe you. We receive you. And we declare that you are Lord. We receive you as King of Kings. And we say it is so in Jesus' name. Somebody celebrate and give him praise in this place.
Come on, come on, lift up your sound to him today. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Oh, my, my, my. God, I thank you. God, I give you praise. You may be seated. You may be seated. We're just, we're just kind of, if you can be seated, we're, we're just kind of in his presence for a second. We're just kind of in his presence for a second. Today I'm 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 going back over, um, if we can for a second. We we've been spending the past several weeks discussing the power of the open heaven, and I want to make sure that as we are as, as believers we're walking in this place, um, that we really have a firm understanding of what it means to walk under the open heaven, because if we're not careful, if we're not careful, if we're not careful. We will be constantly tricked and deceived into thinking that it is not our season or it's not our turn and miss the fact that when God opens the heavens over us, that in itself announces a season. And so we're not waiting on anybody to prophesy to us about a season when, in fact, God opens the heavens. We're already in our season. Did did y'all really catch that? So, I want to make sure that we get this thing because we are in a special time, special timing of God, man. It's, it's, it's inevitable. I want you to hear this. It's inevitable. That means it has to happen, that things happen for you. It, 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 it's almost, it's, it's, it's part of the equation. If you will, if we could, if we could use that as part of the equation, things have to happen, things have to open up, and 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 then also on top of that, doors are going to have to close. And what happens is, if we're not careful, we will see doors closing, and think it's the enemy, and start using our faith. Catch this now, to believe us out of a place that God announced us into. Does this make sense? Because I'm going to tell you something today. There are going to be some doors that's going to shut. It's going to be some doors that's going to shut partially because God has been dealing with some of us for months to shut some doors, and we won't do it because we're fearful of people or we're fearful of what we think the repercussions are going to be because we think that our gain is attached to that door. Now, and, and, and this is just not going to be opportunities. I'm, I'm talking about people doors. You have to understand that under the open heaven, any time, any time, any time God takes time out of his busy schedule to open the heavens over us and to speak anything over us, it watch now, is, is designed to shut the mouth of anything that is attached to us that is not tied to his agenda. I'm just flowing with the Lord. It's not even in my nose. This is hot from the press. So I, wanna, I, wanna, I really want us to understand under the open heaven, it's not just a time of blessing, but it is also a time of repositioning and reposturing because the Lord has to allow some people and some things to shut down and close out. And the worst thing that we can possibly do is to beg 
somebody to stay with us that God has canceled. Did y'all catch that? Wonderful. So, so, so let, let's, let's kind of dig into the word for a second. I want to show you something. Go to, go to Luke chapter 9. I'm, I was looking at this last night. I'm not even going to be here long today. I, you know, I just want to kind of say this, and, and then we'll continue. Whatever we don't finish today, we'll, we'll catch back up again next week, perhaps. I want to start at Luke chapter 9. Uh, we kind of rehearsed the notes that we said the, 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 the open heaven, the open heaven is not just a timing of things happening for us, but it is a pattern. Hear this now, guys. The open heaven is not just a timing of things happening for us, but it is, in fact, a pattern. Somebody say a pattern. It is a pattern for believers to walk in God's revelation. It's a pattern. It's not just a timing. It's not just a, a season. Uh, it, is, it is, in fact, a pattern for believers to walk in as it relates to God's revelation. Why is that? Why is God's revelation so pertinent in this whole setting that we're learning? It's because God, watch this, when you walk in God's revelation, you have to understand that any facts that are existing in your life are subject to your revelation. Anything that you see operating in your life that people say, doctors say, you say is, 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 is reality, that's facts. But then there's truth that has not yet been established because it's waiting to come out of the gate of your mouth. How do we know this to be true? Because your Bible tells you and I that as we pray in the spirit, as we pray in the spirit, as we pray in tongues, as we pray in the spirit, we are, uh, Lance, we are uh, uh, releasing <laughs> secret or hidden truths. That means to you and I that regardless of what, see, I'm going to really, I'm going to try to teach this today because some of y'all want me to preach and that ain't, it ain't that kind of party today. We, I, I want to make sure we get a foundation. Okay, so, so the thing is, thing is, when, when we pray in the spirit, we're releasing, we're releasing hidden truths. Why is it hidden? Not hidden from you. I say this all the time, but it's been hidden for you. Now, there's going to be some things that's getting ready to pop up in your life, and you're going to think it magically appeared, but God said it's always been there. I just allowed you to go a certain way so that by the time you came out of hell, you'll appreciate the little piece of heaven that you're about to have here on earth. It's only those that have not gone through anything or those that have the wrong disposition or the wrong attitude about their testing, about their trial. Uh, it's those that don't appreciate when God gives them a piece of a blessing. Because for me, if I have been struggling in my finances for a month, I thank God that somebody puts a $20 bill in my hand because that's increase that I did not have before. You, you catch what I'm saying? So then there, there, there is a glimpse, there is a glimpse, there's a glimpse of hope that's coming as we pray in the Spirit. We are releasing, watch now, hidden truths, hidden truths that have not, the reason why they're hidden is because they have not been introduced in the earth realm by you yet. That's why now when you pray in the Spirit, you, you, you're releasing hidden truths, but now I'm here to submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls all ages, that as you release this hidden truth, that truth needs a frame. It needs something to be able to be hung on the walls of your life called vision that people can walk by and see it and not be confused about what God is doing or you not be confused about what God is doing. So then your Bible says now we, we, earnest, we, we desire the earnest gift, but let us desire prophesying, prophetic utterances, because when I am praying in the spirit, I'm releasing hidden truths. But then when I prophesy, when I hear a prophetic utterance and then I rehearse what God said, I am putting what I saw in a frame. So that when it's framed, every morning I wake up, every time I go to bed, whether I'm happy, whether I'm sad, I can look at what God said. And I can see what he's saying. And if I can see what God said, then I understand his strategy. And if I understand God's strategy, then I can go where he's already been. You do understand that when God speaks anything, it's confirmation to you, but it is not confirmation to him. Because where, watch this now, where you're trying to get to is God's past. Because, oh, well, because when God works, when God speaks, he's already moved past what he's done. He's left it for you to come into. So it's your confirmation. But when God speaks something to you, it's not haphazard. He's not trying to catch himself off surprise, uh, minister. He's already released what he's already done. You, you understand, when God speaks anything to you, when he releases a promise to you, he's not just saying it so he can make you feel better about your situation or that you can get some kind of hope in your situation. That's what the religious church taught us. But now spiritual says this, that when God speaks anything, he's already work where he's speaking. 
and, 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 let, me, and, and let, let me help you for a second. Let me help you for a second. Sometimes uh, uh, it's not that your faith uh, or lack thereof, if you don't believe what you heard, it's not that it's going to cancel some things out. It'll just delay the process of time. It will delay the manifestation for coming. Because whether Noah believed God or not, when, Noah, when God said it was going to rain, that just means that it would have been a disaster when the rain came. But the fact that Noah believed God to see, watch this now, to, to prepare for something that he had never seen. I prophesy right now in this atmosphere to prepare yourselves for something that you have not seen hit your life yet. And I'm here to declare to you that when God does it, you're going to be the first in your family to walk in what God's been speaking for generations, but the last generation just couldn't catch what God said. So God's going to use you to step in something that he's been speaking. That's why the Bible calls him ancient of days, because he's already worked some stuff out in your lineage. Your family just didn't have the capacity to make room for what God said. I'm preaching myself. I'm, I'm going to run out this church today. You got to understand this. When he speaks to me, when he speaks to me, he's, he's not just saying something new. To God, he's rehearsing what he said ages ago. Catch this now. Catch this. To God, I'm fine, sir. To God, he's rehearsing. He's rehearsing. He's rehearsing. Y'all leave him alone. He's rehearsing. He's rehearsing what God said. When God speaks anything, he's rehearsing what he's already done. Uh, do you understand what that? Why? Why? Because in order for a performance to be successful, God needs rehearsal. Now, I'm here to submit to you that you and I are the stage of the word that's about to be manifested. You got to understand that every part of me, every part of me is the acting role that's going to lead this production into performance. That's going to cause people to buy into the God that I serve so that my show will be a sold out show. I hope I'm not going too far over you. So you got to understand that, that, that God, he's simply rehearsing. Every time you wake up and you hear God speak, he's rehearsing what he's already done. He's just trying to get you to buy into what he's already said. And if, in fact, with our doubtful and unbelieving selves, if we can just have a small mustard seed part of us that can just believe, you know, I'm not here to, you don't need big faith, you need potent faith. You don't need a whole lot of faith, you just need substance faith. You need something that can look in the eyes of the devil and say, regardless of what life is throwing, or regardless of what you're saying, regardless of who has left, regardless of what's come at me, over the years they've told us, if life throws lemons, you make lemonade. I'm here to tell you, I don't, you, you, look, you don't need any more lemonade. You need a stand. If life has thrown you under the bus, you need to drive the bus. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, it, it's time, it's time now, it's time now, it's time now. If, in fact, we are believers, if, in fact, we have this anointing that we say we have, you got to understand the anointing is not just for you to sing and then everybody gets excited when you sing. That, 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 no, 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 that's called emotionalism. The, anoint, the, real, the real authentic anointing, this is how I can tell when you're anointed. When you're anointed, when all odds are against you, you still some kind of way, when it looks like you're not, you still find yourself overcoming what you thought you were under. Because I understand that the longer I'm understanding, if I stand under something, then I understand. And God has to have some of y'all to stand under some warfare so that you can understand the warfare. Because when you come out the warfare, it's not just about your exodus, but it's about those that are attached to you that's coming out at the same time that you, see you gotta understand some of y'all got Facebook friends that are connected to you that are watching your testimony and every time you throw something up on social media that does not glorify God then they are lost haphazardly because they're following you because you're the only glimpse of Jesus that they can see because they thought that they were going to find Jesus in a church and what's happening now in Christendom and in Western America is that the church looks nothing like Jesus because the church wants God to fit their agenda instead of the church fitting God's motives. And so you got to understand that now, I said this Friday night when I preached, now the age that we're in is no longer about a people trying to find God in the church, but now we find God in our relationship. We come to the church to energize each other, and when I leave these walls, somebody finds God through me in my life. Does this make sense to everybody in the room? So now, I want you to understand this. The open heaven says to you and I, Brother Mike, open heaven says this. Luke chapter 9. Jesus was fulfilling the assignment of the Father. And all of a sudden, the, your Bible says the heavens open. Why did the heavens open? Did the heavens open so that the disciples can say, wow, 
Absolutely not. Did the heavens open so that they can say, man, what an awesome God we serve. No, 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 no. Every time the heaven opened, it has a purpose and an assignment attached to it. And when the heaven opened, God spoke out of the open heaven. Now, I understand God doesn't necessarily need an open heaven to speak, but when he opens heaven to speak, then that is significant enough for us to shut up. And then part of the problem is our fl- we have not trained our flesh how to shut up. Because even as I'm preaching to some of y'all in here, your flesh is talking louder than I am. And that's why this is going over here. You can't, you can't receive because you're in your own world. You're still mad. You're still upset. You're still irritated. And, 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 and it amazes me because some of you uh, 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 leaders in here aren't where you're supposed to be because, because you're caught up in something else. Watch. That, and, 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 okay. And so, so, so what happens? So, so our, our flesh, our flesh, our flesh, the distraction that we hear in the house of God is not the devil. It's not warfare. It's our flesh talking louder than what God is saying. And so sometimes we have to make our flesh shut up. You got to tell your soul, okay, so be quiet because I'm going to hear what God is about to say to me because God's word is more authentic than any other voice that's in my life. Any voice outside of the word of God is a liar if it does not point me back to who I'm supposed to be or where I'm supposed to be or when I'm supposed to be, then that voice is in fact an authenticated liar. Watch now, watch this. Heaven open up. Heaven opened up. God spoke. He said, this is my beloved son. Then he said this, hear him. My question to you and I, who was God talking to? Now, most of us that read the Bible can say, well, God was talking to the disciples around because they were all talking. And after the voice finished speaking, the voice of God finished speaking, the disciples said, hey, why don't we build a tabernacle or, 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 or a temple or, or, or an altar for Moses and Elijah that we saw Jesus talking to? And, and that was beside the point because if you go down a, maybe two or three more verses, uh, that, uh, an interesting situation happens where Jesus now comes up on the scene. There was a crowd of people there. Read your Bibles. And then the Bible says that there was a certain young man that was possessed with demon spirits that the disciples who just heard God talk couldn't cast out. <laughs> All right. So, 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 so with that understanding now, is it, it, so, so the man, the, man of the, 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 the father of the son brought the son to, to, to Jesus, and he said, well, I implored your disciples to cast him out, but the disciples could not cast him out. So then Jesus says, okay, it's because partly you're unbelieving, unbelieving, perverse generation. Why did Jesus say that? How is it that they had just experienced an open heaven and heard the voice of the Father speak? Catch this now. But they could not cast out a devil that was steady talking. Can I submit to you and I that unbelief, listen, you don't, look, everybody in this room, you don't need any more faith. You have faith. You just need to get rid of unbelief. You don't, after this day, don't ask God for any more faith. That's the, that, that's the trick of the church. Lord, give me more faith. Or, or the song that came out, I need a little more Jesus. What, what, uh, what will a little more inch of Jesus do for you that a foot hasn't done already? So, so, then, so then watch this. It's the unbelief because you do understand that under an open heaven, it is very, it is, it is very you, you have to understand that the comprehension of this, that as we walk under the open heaven of the Lord, Faith is the dominating culture of the open heaven. So then the enemy uses, I'm going to really mess with you, a form of faith called doubt. Because faith is what you believe, how you believe, and when you believe. Doubt is what you believe, how you believe, and when you believe. I'm here to submit to you that whatever you've heard up until today, faith and doubt can operate off the same principle. And they both can get similar results. Because faith can take you into a thing. Doubt can take you out of a thing. Faith, watch this. The reason why Jesus was able to cast the the devil out of that young boy is because he believed God when God spoke over him and said, this is my beloved son, not just that. Now, here's the other half of that instructions, man. Hear him. Who was God talking to? He was talking to the enemy that had hold of that boy because when... Because when, watch this, when the disciples had to have been praying and, and laying hands and work and trying to work a miracle, you do understand, the disciples had to have been laying hands and greasing the boy down and nothing happened. But it was when the boy was coming into the presence of the Lord that Jesus started rebuking him and the demon shut his mouth and came out of his life. And then the boy was restored back to his father is what your Bible says. Because in fact what happened was when Jesus walked up on the scene, The voice of the father under the open heaven that was already spoken over him had already told the demonic stronghold to shut up and hear 
the voice that was about to speak. So Jesus didn't have to do a whole lot of working up of magic. Now, here, now, here, now here's the trick of it, because your Bible says that as the boy was walking in the presence of Jesus, the enemy, the demonic stronghold, threw him down, and he started convulsing. In other words, it looked like though he was in the presence of the Lord, something was holding him back. Now, now you got to understand this. This is very powerful, because my question is, how is it that we can be coming into the presence of the Lord, but yet the demonic stronghold seems to be getting stronger on our life, and it's tripping up our love walk. It's tripping up our faith walk. It's tripping up how we speak. It's tripping up how we love. It's tripping up how we see God, because you do understand that the enemy wants to get one last show in your life that he thinks if he can do this thing one more time in the presence of people, then people are going to buy into what the enemy's doing. But I'm here to tell you, watch this now, the difference between Jesus and the disciples, when the, when the boy came to the disciples, they came to church. <laughs> but when he came in, he, he had to bypass church because church without Jesus couldn't help him. And, and see, that's part of the problem because we have spent so many, and some of us, it blows my mind, it blows my mind how we can be in the midst of a prophetic apostolic, uh, uh, not, not just here, but churches all over that have a prophetic voice and have power and demonstration, but then because of the comfortability of the people, we would rather choose a comfortable church where there is minimal to no power. We would rather choose a traditional setting, and just because the church doesn't have Baptist in its title does not mean it's tradition. Does not mean it's not traditional, because because we'd rather be petted and we'd rather know that it's going to be all right instead of getting some character about ourselves that will tell the storm of our lives to shut up. And then when I can conquer my own storm, I can help you conquer your storm. In fact, when watch this, when you invite me into your circle, there's something about me that's on me that tells your storm to shut up. That's authority. And, and what's happening is the church now, people, all y'all, we, 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 are, we, are, we, are, we are substituting authority with acceptance because we want to be accepted. We want to be loved and we want to be petted. And, 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 and we are a people that are codependent on a pastor or our brothers and sisters to love us into a place and we don't have any authority. And it's not that God hasn't given it to us. We just haven't stepped in it yet. So we'd rather be comfortable. And instead of walking out on the water, instead of walking out on the water, watch it now, the lake, we'd rather ask God to give us a puddle. Lord, let me conquer this puddle. Listen, listen, listen. If your faith can't conquer a puddle, you're not ready for the ocean. The power of the open heaven says this to me. When God releases his voice over me, there's no power and demonstration. And if, all I, if I can just take my little mustard seed faith and believe what God said under this open heaven, I don't care what enemy I'm going to face. It, listen, it may look like it's getting stronger in my life, but I'm telling you, the closer I get to Jesus under this open heaven, when he speaks, whatever has been throwing me down, I'm going to throw it down. Do you do all understand this? So then we go over, we go over, we go over to Deuteronomy chapter 28 that we talked about. Deuteronomy chapter 28, 1 through 12, where it says to you and I that God said, God said, I'm going to open the heaven and then I'm going to send you rain. And watch this. It wasn't even seasonal, Lance. He didn't say I'm going to send rain in your set time of favor. He said, I'm just going to do it because my heavens are open. See, the thing about it is uh, under the open heaven, uh, let, let, me, let me say this. Let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. Under the open heaven, in, according to Deuteronomy, when God opens the heaven, okay, he always does what he does after he says what he says. And that's why it's so important for everybody in this room to make sure that you are getting and capturing the voice of the Father in your life. Wherever, listen, wherever God is speaking, you pursue that place with your all, with as much intensity as you have. Because if, in fact, or since, in fact, the enemy is walking around as a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour, catch this now, the, the key word is roaring lion. That means he's trying to talk just as loud as God is talking. We're so busy talking about he's devouring. It's, no, no, no. That's, that, he can't, he, you know how he devours you? When you can't hear God no more. That's where the devouring comes. That's when he can start gnawing at you. It's, it's, when, it's when you dislodge yourself from where God's speaking because the independence that's hit the body of Christ now says, I can hear God for myself. And I judge the capacity of how well you hear based off what I see operating in your life. 
Minimal demonstration means minimal words. That means we're not in our prayer time like we should be. That, that means, that's, can I be honest with you guys and y'all not get offended? That means we're pursuing life and opportunities more than we are his word. Because you think that if you just get another job, that all of your problems are going to disappear. And, 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 and sometimes more money means more problems. And, 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 and if, if your faith is not necessarily large enough, but if your faith is not potent enough to handle where you are now, be faithful over the few things so that when he raises you up, He'll make you, make you, make you. You won't have to make yourself. You won't have to beg anybody for a promotion. Promotion will come find you. They will create a position for you on that job that never existed just because of the favor of God on your life. And if they won't do that, guess what? There's another employer out there that's having a problem in their company that you're the solution to. They just ain't met your resume yet. Okay. So then Deuteronomy 28 says, we will have, say this with me, I will have. Divine acceleration in my life. He's God said, not only am I going to open the heaven and give you rain, you do understand rain is only valuable when seed is in the ground. Now, if, I, now, if you don't have any seed in the ground, and not just financial seed, I'm talking about word seed and deed seed. We've been studying this at Bible study. If you've been missing Tuesday night, then, then you're going to have to catch up. But, but word seed and deed seed, that means what I'm speaking is a seed. Now, for the visitors in the room, we've been saying this over and over again, and hear me with a spiritual ear, and those that are watching, uh, 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 most women, most women, most women uh, uh, that, that are in uh, baby-producing stages, okay, or ages, most women have a monthly cycle. The only thing that interrupts that cycle is a seed. When that woman gets pregnant, that cycle is interrupted because the cycle has to respond to the seed. Thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I encourage everybody in this room to make sure in this season, under this open heaven, that you are getting seed in the ground of your life. Not just financial seed. I'm talking about words. What are you speaking? What, what are you prophesying over yourself? When's the last time you woke up in the morning, looked at yourself in the mirror and said, okay, self, this is what's going to happen. According to the word of God, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. In Jesus' name, amen. Or do you wait on church or your next favorite preacher on television that you'll never meet to speak something that you think is coming to you that's really is for somebody else? Or are you waiting on the next television preacher to ask you to give them an offering of $5,000 for one little CD? And you think that's what's going to break the back of the enemy over your life. Because we have been lied to over the years. We have sown bill money, rent money, light bill money, car note money, and we still have the same problems that the preacher said we were going to be delivered from. And then when it doesn't happen and we go back to them and say, hey, I sold this and nothing happened, the first lie that they tell you is it's because of your faith. It has nothing to do with your faith. Mm -mm, that's not it. That's not it. You know what it was? You just followed the wrong voice. Follow the wrong voice, you get the incorrect results in your life. Follow the correct voice, you get the correct. It's time for everybody in this room to start following the right voice. If you take inventory, I want everybody just for about a good 10 seconds to just think for a second while I'm talking. If I pay attention to this, to this etymology, listen. If you just take time to listen and do inventory over the results that you've had, even in the last two years of your life, Somewhere down the line, if you be honest with yourself, we have, and I'll say this collectively, we have missed the now timing of God. Because we regard the wind, we regard the situations and everything that's going on to determine how well we're going to pursue something. And sometimes God will ask you to pursue something when you don't even know what he's asking you to pursue looks like. And sometimes he'll ask you to make uncomfortable decisions in a comfortable place. He told Abraham, he said, listen, this is what's going to happen. I've spoken to you and I prophesied good things to you, but, but God said, this is what's going to happen. I need you and your blessed self and your faithful self and your hoping self. I need you to come out of your comfort, your, 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 come out of your land, come out of everything you know, come away from your family. Come away from your folk, come away from your posse, come away from your friends, come away. And, and, and God said, and this ain't got nothing to do with haters because the only time that we really begin to separate is when we feel like people are hating on us. And then we feel like now all of a sudden, it's so, it's so amazing. The, the, the more offended you are, that's how you can, you can hear God even the more. And, and, and God ain't speaking through offense these days. It's, it's amazing to me. When saints get offended, now they hear God. And my thing is, well, when you were walking in the joy of the Lord, what were you listening to then? Was he not speaking? When things were good or because somebody made you mad, now it's time to go. 
because, because somebody, somebody in your circle, or can I make it plain? Because somebody on Facebook put up a status that has nothing to do with you. But you read into it and get offended, and you want to unfriend. Yeah, pampers in the kingdom is what we are. Wanting grown stuff and operating in pampers. We haven't even, been, we haven't even learned how to clean ourselves up yet. We mess on ourselves, and we wait on somebody to pull us out the crib of our situation and clean us up and feed us and comfort us and make us good. And see, God says this open heaven requires maturity because if we are immature in character and in integrity, then we will find ourselves going backwards in what we think God is saying. And so sometimes he'll ask us, he'll ask us, or he'll command us, if you will, to make uncomfortable decisions in a comfortable region. Please understand this when I say this, guys. God never, if I can be honest, and if you read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation backwards and forwards in between, God never came to make us comfortable. God came to disturb us. Now, there will be some times in your life where you will experience peace and your land, as the Bible says, will have rest. And then sometimes you have to think, okay, am I really saved? Because I ain't had warfare in two years. It's a good place to be at. <laughs> but you have to understand this. God never came to make you comfortable. And if you equate God with comfortability, then the moment he makes you uncomfortable, you'll walk far away from him and his people. Because God is not a comfortable God. He's a covenant God. And whatever he has to use to bring you back into covenant, that's what he will use. And if he has to allow heartache, if he has to allow wrong relationships, if he, has to, if he has to allow things that happen and hit our life that'll shake us out of our comfortability just to run back into covenant, that's what he will allow. Because at the end of the day, God desires covenant more than anything else in the world. Y'all hear this? Comfortable, watch this, uncomfortable decisions in a comfortable region. He said, what's more important under this open heaven? Your comfort or my covenant? The more comfortable you are, the harder it is for you to digest what God is saying. Because comfort is slowly but surely becoming the new God of the church. We want comfort. We pursue job opportunities because it means more money, and more money is supposed to make us more comfortable. But if you're not disciplined in your finances, you will become even more uncomfortable. And then when God blesses you with 8,000 a year, you're going to now need 150 a year. And then after that, 150 is not enough for you. So now you want to just run your own business and your own business to close up in 30 days because you don't have. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> listen to this now. Listen to this. 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 Listen to this now. Open heaven when God speaks means I will have divine affirmation and I will walk under the divine announcement of God. I don't care what is hitting my life or how strong the enemy looks that's throwing me down. I don't care how distracting it appears that when you see me, I'm trying to come to Jesus, but yet I seem to be getting thrown down by something that I cannot articulate. That's the worst type of warfare to have. Is to fight something that you cannot articulate. People ask you what's wrong. You're like, I don't know. Anybody ever been there? It, 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 it's like you feel irritable in your spirit, but you don't know why. You feel depressed, but you don't know why. Because everything looks good. You got what you need. But, you, you, but, but, but there, there's an irritation. You know, why I announced this Friday night when I preached at this church uh, around the corner. I said, you got to be careful because, listen, what's irritating you is actually promoting you. Anytime God gets ready to promote you, he allows irritation to hit you. You do understand that when Hannah was seeking to be pregnant and she could not get pregnant on her own. So then there was a woman in the Bible called Penina or Penina, however you want to say it, that the Bible says vexed her and discussed her and talked about her. We talked about this in Bible study. I'm just rehearsing what we already talked about. And then, and then because of that, watch this, Hannah was stuck in church. Y'all better read your Bible now. Hannah was stuck in church. She was in the temple praying. And she, and, and not that she wasn't doing the right thing. She was just stuck in doing the right thing. So then God says, I don't want you stuck 
and doing the right thing anymore. Now I'm going to give you results in doing the right thing. So then I'm, watch this, I'm not going to bless you. I'm going to send an enemy to you. I'm going to send somebody that's going to agitate you and irritate you. And if, you're, if you have the character of me and if you have the c- capacity of me in you, you'll understand that you don't use your time then to prophesy or pray against this enemy, but you bless me for this enemy because you understand that an enemy is indicative of promotion. So, so, then, so, so, then, so then I'm not going to spend another day going to work not talking to somebody that threw me under the bus last week. Every time you throw me under the bus, that means there's something that you see about me that I don't see about myself that's promotable. <laughs> and maybe I won't get promoted here. Maybe God will use you to promote me up out this piece. I almost, I, I almost said, I almost, I'm trying to be so good. I almost said something. And see, and see, when you understand it like that, you thank God for enemies. You understand what I'm saying? Catch this now. Catch this. So then. Penina or Penina, how you want to pronounce it? Vex him, vex her, mess with her all day, all night while she was in church doing the right thing. But you know what Penina was there for? She was there to agitate Hannah's womb. Because Hannah would not have gone the extra mile to seek God for a pregnancy that she could not produce on her own. And if she was not careful, she would allow, let me talk to you for a second, the shame of her inability to override the sovereignty of God's ability. Now, the question of the hour to you and I, and I'm done, I'm done, I'm going to stop right here. The question to you and I in this hour is, is your shame more authentic than God's sovereignty? The shame of what you can't do, the inability of what you can't perform, the in, watch this, the, 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 the inaccuracies of you. That means you try to do something right and you get the wrong results. Am I talking to anybody? You, you, you try to do the right thing, you try to say the right thing, and then you just don't get the right fruit. And, 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 then, and then what happens is you, you find yourself in this little, this little shell where you're ashamed, you're ashamed. I don't fit in. I, maybe God's not using me. Maybe God, maybe God, maybe God doesn't want to use me for what I did last week. Shame, shame. See, shame is a form of or an expression of unbelief and doubt. Shame is a perverted faith. We're going to walk under this open heaven in this season. The first thing that we have to have canceled in our life is shame. Because though you may have done it, and though you may have done it well, you have to have the audacity to say to yourself that because God is still speaking to me, has enough power to override my shame. The problem of the matter is that I'm using my faith and placing it in shame because shame can't be shame unless it has a piece of my faith. Because, watch this, shame and fear is 100% dependent on you for its survival. Shame and fear and doubt, it is 100% dependent on y'all me for its survival. And the more I remove myself from it, the quicker it dies. Okay, y'all ever seen Spider-Man? I don't know which one Spider-Man when he had the black suit. What Spider-Man was that? Yeah, the black Spider-Man. Spider-Man 3. Understand this now. Good Spidey, good Spidey. Every, every film, good Spidey. He was, he was doing everything. But then somewhere down the line, he came up on this creation that was created from another universe. Another... Watch this, another realm. And it hit the intelligence of man by way of a laboratory. And because of the intelligence that hit something that came from another realm, it came into possession of somebody who didn't know how to handle it because they could not articulate it. So then he thought it would be harmless to just keep it among his comfortability. And what happened was while he was resting in his comfortable place, the dark Spidey crept up on the, watch this now, not not Spider-Man, it crept up on Peter Parker. Am I going, y'all all all right? Yeah, 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 but but because because see, see, the enemy, he's not, the only way he can get to your supernatural is if he gets natural first. 
listen, listen he, he, he has to, he had, the enemy has to come on your natural first. And if he can subdue your natural, well, how does he do that, pastor? Because I'm anointed. Yeah, you are anointed, but there's another nature of you. That if we be honest, sometimes it's just not submitted to the Father because my anointed self will cuss you out if you push me there. I just laid hands on somebody and saw a miracle. But if you mess with me the wrong way, I will lay hands on you and believe God for your healing. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Y'all don't ever feel like that. Y'all say, let's just be honest in here. It's the struggle of two natures that Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. When I go to do the right thing, I do the wrong thing. It's not that my heart's in the wrong place. My heart's in the right place. But I got this flesh nature that doesn't look like God, doesn't sound like God, doesn't feel like God. But it makes me feel good because in my inadequacies and in my inefficiencies, I look for something to make me comfortable. Some of the relationships that I've been involved in were a result of flesh. Some of the relationships and the people that I've dated, I'm talking about all of us in here, people that we got hooked up with were black spidey, creeping on our natural. Because the enemy got to catch you when you're vulnerable. If he's ever going to cancel out Samson, he's got to get Samson in a, watch this, watch this, watch this. For every lap that you lie in, there is a Delilah assigned to you. For every, every comfortable wrong that we have, you know, those are comfortable wrongs. Those are things that we do that we know is wrong, but we're comfortable doing it, and we're waiting on God to make us uncomfortable to stop doing it. And, and, I don't see anything wrong with drinking. Black Spidey creeping up on you. I smoke weed here and there, but it, it, that's black spidey. That's black spidey creeping up on your natural. And somewhere down the line, you got to understand that what you use, watch this, if it does not glorify God, it is a gateway. And just like God uses windows, Malachi 3.10, to bless you, and he uses doors, Revelation, there's an effectual door that is open for us. The enemy needs a gate. How do we know this? Well, how do well, you know that's true? Because Jesus said, upon this revelation, flesh and blood didn't give you this, but upon this revelation, I will build my church. And the gates of hell. Now, interesting that he said gates. He could have said the windows of hell. He could have said the doors of hell. He could have said the people of hell. But he said the gate, because hell responds to gates. Hell needs gates. Because gate, gates represent ownership and territory. When you see gates, that means there's something or someone behind the gate that owns what's behind the gate. And the enemy needs, he needs, he needs a gateway to access your natural. Okay. And once he accesses our natural, while we're under this open heaven, we give the enemy temporary assignment to do what he's been waiting to do. Because the enemy needs an audience to be effective in your life. Because if he gets you down in front of people, then people won't believe God like they used to believe God. Because, because as I'm doing wrong, they'll follow me doing wrong, and we'll all be comfortably wrong. But the good thing about open heaven is that even though Samson, for a moment, lost his power, the Bible says that when, they, when the Philistines came upon him, Lance took his eyes out. A result of his lying in the lap of the, I want y'all to catch this. He was lying in the lap of Delilah. He was lying, not laying down. He was lying to himself. And when the Philistines came to take his eyes out, your Bible says that his hair started growing back. Because God... Elohim God, the same God that created you, that knew that when he created you, you would have this flesh nature. <laughs> I'm going to give you some good news here. The same God that made you, that knew that one day we were all in here one day be saved, knew that we would still struggle with our flesh and we would still have another side of us that tries to haunt us from time to time and talk us out of destiny, that same God already prepackaged us with solutions. So then, though I may fall, though I may stumble, though I may trip up, there is a solution called grace and mercy that is waiting. But the thing about it is you can't get it until you walk boldly. Shame doesn't let you walk boldly. 
So the longer the enemy has you in shame, the longer he has you in his territory. You are behind his gate. So then God says, I'm going to open up a window and pour you out. Watch this now. I'm going to mess with you. That word blessing is not talking about financial gain. That word blessing is translated in the Bible, baraka. Baraka means a posture of blessing. That means something that makes people kneel at the king. So then God said, I'm going to pour you out a posture in the spirit realm that's going to make, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. If whatever is operating in your life has legs, it has knees. And it is only a set time before it bows, before the authority of God. Y'all catch this? Hair grew back. Eyes was going. He couldn't see. But what I love about it is because of the God that we serve, though Samson couldn't see, he had another set of eyes that caused him to see God, though he couldn't see. So then Samson said to God, this is my last point, I'm out of here. Samson said to God under the open heaven, oh Lord, remember me. And then after he said that, he gained strength enough to take out not just the folk that took him out, but everything and everybody that was connected because not only did he take out a nation, but he took out a palace. God wants to use an eye, use, he wants to use you and I to take out palaces of the enemy of darkness. He wants us to overtake some houses of darkness that, because there's people in there that God has need of. He doesn't want you to just get somebody saved. He wants you to walk up in a region, in a territory that has people bound and bring them out of a dark place. He wants you to walk into, watch this now, guys, because the thing about it is, Samson said, Lord, remember me. Not, not, not Lord, uh, not just, you know, remember who I am because God does not forget. His mind is not able to be forgotten. Watch this now. But Samson said, Lord, remember me, Lance. You know what that means? He said, Father, every piece of me that was lost in my mistake, put me back together again. Remember me. Every part of me that I lost in my failure, in my weakness, and watch this, every part of me that I lost in me doing what I wanted to do, even though I knew it was against what I covenanted to do. Bring me back together. Remember me. And then, when, and then God did it. And, and, and the fact that Samson was able to pray that prayer was because his hair was already growing back. God gave him a sign and said, Samson, I'm just waiting on you to come boldly to me. And this was before Jesus was even manifested. How much more then, if or since we have Jesus in our lives, I don't care what y'all did in here. Everybody stand. Let's, let's get on out of here. Everybody stand. I don't care what we've done in this room. I don't care what we've done. I don't care what we've done. I don't care where we've come from. Everybody in here, you have another set of eyes. And even though you cannot see with your natural vision in this season, God said, I allowed your eyes to be plucked so that you could depend on my word to guide you. I allowed it. Through your failures and through your weaknesses, I still allow because there's a greater set of eyes. There's a great opportunity that's coming. I know, look, watch this. God is going to anoint us to take out palaces, to take out fortresses, strongholds, not just a person, but a whole group of people that's locked in a palace. God is going to use us to go up in there and wreak havoc and disturb and distract the agenda of Satan. And if you understand this word, you will quickly understand why warfare has been intense the way it's been in your life recently. Because you and I are not just anointed to reach out to people. You and I are anointed to reach nations. You know what I mean by nations? I'm not talking about Africa and China. I'm talking about generations of people that are yet to come up behind you. They, 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 these, these people, they need a door. Jesus said, behold, I'm the door. Well, then, if in fact I am connected to Jesus, my life points people back to the door that is ready to be opened up to them. But I got to protect my gates because the thing about it is the gates of hell, God already announced it, won't prevail over us. But somewhere down the line in life, life has defeated us so much that we think that we're subject to the gates of hell. And we think we're, you know why, you know what I mean by that? Because, because the doctor can give you a, a report or medicine or medical history can say this is what you are. And then you'll go through life claiming it and you'll be subject to what they said. And then because of that, you will go through life managing symptoms and not producing solutions. God is a solution God. 
He's not interested in managing any of our symptoms. He came for breakthrough. Do we all understand that? Every hand lifted. Father, we thank you today. We give you praise, God, that you are Lord, that you are yet speaking. I thank you, Father, for clarity, understanding wisdom. May we never, ever be the same ever again. Lord, I ask that as we stand under this open heaven in this season of our lives, divine acceleration come. Things happen quickly for us. Divine affirmation, your word spoken over us, defining in the earth realm who we are to you. But most of all, we're asking, God, that as the rain comes, it is coming as a response to seed that's in the ground. Word to you, things that we have spoken, believing you. Deeds to you, things that we have done for other people that we have not yet been rewarded for. And even financial seed that we've placed in the ground. I thank you that we are coming into the harvest. The rain that is coming from the open heaven is coming as a response to the seed that's in the ground. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Now, if you're in this room today, and you do not know the Lord Jesus, you have not accepted him as your Savior, now is your day to be saved. Now is your day to come into right knowledge and understanding with him. If you've never accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, if you don't know him as your personal Savior, if you want to grow in relationship with him because, but you haven't because of a lack of knowledge and understanding, today is your day to be postured and to be repositioned. So every head bowed, every eye closed. If I'm talking to you, you can come freely down. I mean, we'll wait on you for a few seconds, but you can come freely. If you're not, if you're good, that's fine. But if I'm talking to you, you can come down quickly, and we'll pray restoration into you. We'll believe God for relationship. We'll thank God in advance for the fruit of relationship that will come out of your life. If you don't have a church home, if you're looking to connect with a body of believers, if you're looking to transition, if you're looking to shift, for whatever reason, you just believe that this may be the place that God has you or you believe that this will be a good place for you to grow. We invite you. You come down. We'll love on you where you are. We'll accept you into this fold and we'll be the best church family you've had. At least we'll covenant with you on that one. So if I'm talking to you today, you can come. If not, it's cool. We'll see you next time you visit. Our hearts and minds are clear. Give God a praise as you take your seats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. If this is your Sunday, we don't, we don't really make uh, offering a big thing at this church. If this is your Sunday to give, then give. We're not going to do this game of there's 10 of y'all that can give 100. That, that's, we're not going to do that. If this is your Sunday to give and you want to sow, the offering envelopes are there, you can give. If you have the church app downloaded on your phone, you can give by way of the app or um, you can give by way of text messaging. You can text Impact CC to 77977, and you can give freely. Yes, 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 yes. Which I stray. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you, baby. Giovanna. Righty. And how this works is when you get your offering together, you can just come on down and, and give. It's, we don't have any standard way of lining up people. You just come give. Come give freely. Yeah, that's mine. Yeah, put that in there, please. Yeah, thank you. Forgot to put that in there. Everybody had a chance to give? Are we still waiting? We're still waiting. That's fine. That's fine. We'll wait. Are there any announcements? <coughs> Yes. Good afternoon, everybody. So there's a couple of announcements um, as we get ready for offering. Immediately after service, the praise team will have a meeting. And then immediately following that, there is an outreach ministry meeting. Um, so if anybody is interested in joining the outreach ministry or if you are, are already a part of the outreach ministry, then please stay behind for a meeting. Also, not this coming weekend, but next Saturday is the 17th, I believe, and that is new members orientation at 12 o'clock noon. 
So if you did not make it, if you've joined since the last new members orientation or you did not make it to the first new members orientation, please make sure to be here next Saturday at 12 noon. Amen? Amen, that's all. Thank you. All right, so praise team, we'll meet real quickly, probably five minutes, um, and then we'll have the outreach ministry meeting, and then we'll be gone. All right? Everybody had a chance to give? Lord, increase this offering. Those that were able to give, we pray, God, you will turn it 36 to 100 fold in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it. Let's stand. Let's get ready to get dismissed, guys. Awesome. I can't do, I can't do lips. I, I need words. What's going on? Oh, okay. Let's pass out these sacraments here. Let's start up with the people in here.